When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, Jack's talking a lot out there, so we have to try and contain him. He's getting over that right shoulder. We know he likes that. Scout breakdowns, but at the same time, go back at him. He wants to talk to us. We'll go at him and make him pay for it. But he's out there as a liability on defense. We've got to go at him. Uh, that's the voice of the superstar from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, Mitch Creek. Uh, he was uh, getting at it with Jack McVay last night. In the end, Mitch and the Phoenix had the last laugh because they bounced back from a uh, – it was a big skid, a five-game skid, but it was a big win – for the Phoenix last night down there in Tassie. And the superstar number 55 has been able to join us. Mitch Creek, good afternoon. Mate, great to hear from you again. Uh, likewise, uh, talk to me about last night. Now, you know, the latter stuff's ov- that's obvious, right? Because, you know, you start to do the numbers game and we do that. You guys don't do that. You're focused on, you know, each and every game that's uh, put in front of you. But from a, uh, team morale perspective and energy perspective, ge- just generally wanting to to get up and go to work each day. How important was last night's win? Yeah, look, anytime you go on a bit of a, a bit of a slide and you lose a couple, um, sometimes those games, you know, you pull them apart and you say that's that's horrible by us or it's you know great by them. But sometimes just getting a win on the board after those kind of losses, it, it turns the whole kind of uh, mojo of the whole team around. You know, it's a little bit easier to get up. It's a little easier to kind of get those, you know, those sore legs moving on a flight, you know, home from Tassie. Um, you know, you lose six in a row, then all of a sudden um, you, you're almost missing finals. But now it's kind of like um, the pressure comes off a few guys. You know, uh, people start to feel like, you know what, we can actually do this. We've got everyone healthy at the right time. We can make a great push at finals and then, you know, see what we can do with things. But to get a win like that made against a great, great side in, in Tassie, we know how good they are, especially on their home floors. So, yeah, massive, massive win by the club, mate. And you played at the Silver Dome last night. Tell us what that was like. It was watching. I was watching from home, and it looked like a fantastic crowd. We know uh, the team gets a really good crowd in Hobart, but tell us about playing at the Silver Dome. And was it your first, and I guess most of your teammates' first time at, at that place? Yeah, look, it was a very unique experience. Um, a little bit different to the Nest in Hobart, um, but obviously Launceston are going to put on a great display of basketball, and they had. A great turnout. Um, I, I think it was pretty much a sellout last night. and uh, The energy kind of reciprocated that exactly. So um, it's always a hostile environment. The fans are on top of you. They're always kind of lippy. And, you know, they're very passionate about their jackies. So um, it's how we want our, our fans to be as well. And just playing in a, in a different, you know, area of Tasmania is, is also unique. So it's good for the boys to get out to the country villas and, you know, have their heads around the, the, the fresh open air of the countryside as well. So um, I think it does everyone a world of good. As well as, uh, you know, your comments about Jack McVay, and we'll speak about him in a moment, but you spoke mostly about defense and how you guys locked in. You'd been giving up a lot of points per game. You'd been giving up a lot of points at the rim from from beyond the arc. But last night, you know, to give up 75 points, uh, to give up only 75 points, I could tell in your post-game interview how pumped you were for your guys to be able to lock in and get that done. Yeah, it's huge. You know, we've stunk it up defensively. We know that. Uh, we're the first first people to own up to it as a team and as you know a collective and say you know what well, that's not good enough and, and we need to kind of step up especially at the defensive end we we get enough points on the board every week but 
you know, not stopping teams, letting them score, you know, triple digits. It's it's almost embarrassing to, to say that's the kind of effort we're, we're putting out. So just for the boys to get a really good, sound defensive performance was phenomenal. Um, you know, low 30s in the first half, um, you know, getting them in the low 70s for the entire game. It's something we, you know, we're all very proud of. I know the coaching staff are as well. So, you know, for us, we've got to kind of keep building on this and, and try and make something a bit of a habit with our defensive intensity like we had this game. How, how have you found uh, your head coach, Simon Mitchell, this year? You know, clearly, externally at least, there was a lot of chat about whether he was going to come back and whether the team would bring him back. Uh, how have you found him this year? He's a, he's fairly animated on the sidelines. He's a, he, he seems like a guy that the players are pretty receptive to. But how have you found him this year? He's been phenomenal. You know, he's always going to be that guy that puts in the work and the time and the effort and does everything you need as a as a leader, as a coach, and, and as someone you look up to. But um, there's always times of pressure and stress to get the best of all of us. And, you know, he's never been perfect. He never claims to be, nor do I. Um, but it is, you know, you, you just go out there to battle together. I know he's well prepared and, and he knows I'm the same as well as every other guy on this team. So we just got to kind of keep chipping away, uh, working together, and, and we'll always do that. So... Simon's my guy, and I'll, uh, it's the Mitchells, man. We've got to stick together. Indeed, indeed. Now, uh, we heard you off the top in that little audio grab speak about your battle with Jack McVeigh, and uh, he's a guy who uh, I think you guys – did you guys cross paths in Adelaide? Were you on the same team at the same time in Adelaide? Yeah, uh, we, we missed each other just there, but um, obviously under under Joey Wright, he's, we've both been coached by the same people. Uh, he's, a, he's a guy – you know, if he's, he's one of those guys, if he's on your team, I, I reckon you love him and his energy and he's up and about and – you know, he brings that sort of energy to the team uh, all the time. But if you play against him, he's one of those guys you hate playing against. Is that basically how it goes uh, with you and Jack? I think it's like that with everyone with me. Um, <laughs> I don't really care who you are or how nice you are. Um, as soon as the ball goes up, mate, um, you Let's know, go. you're public, you know, public enemy number one. And, um, you know, I wasn't really having what he was doing, um, you know, talking yeah. a bit of smack and, you know, saying that, this is his home court and yeah. his house and everything else. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I think some of the boys had a, a few things to kind of say in passing and kind of ask nicely, like whose house is it now as we left? Because um, you got to come out and have a performance like that in the first half. Played a great first half, but in the second half, keeping a one field goal, um, you know, it's a great job by, you know, everyone that played against him and switched onto him. And, you know, he's a talented player who made great plays, but it's a learning curve as well for all of us that, doesn't matter how good of a first half or quarter you have, you need to back it up for all 40 minutes. And until you do that consistently, night in, night out, and that's just the baseline you come with, then, you know, you've got to kind of, you know, keep it in check a little bit because I think the momentum shifted for us. I know we all came in at halftime and, you know, we lit a bit of a fire under everyone's ass and said, hey, you know, we ain't having that. You're not going to say that against us, you know, on there, anyone's floor. So, um, look, it's the heat of the battle. You say things, but at the same time, I got the most respect in the world for Jack, how he goes about it, how he talks about the game, how he helps and inspires the youth and, and everyone, not just in Tasmania, but in the NBL and, and whoever gets to kind of come across him, I think is a unique team and it's great for the league and, you know, we need more people like him. Indeed, well said. Uh, you're starting five. When healthy, I think you guys are 11 and three. So, you know, you've had slides and you've had injuries. Health has been more of an issue than form, uh, you know, for me, in my opinion, looking from afar. So, how much confidence do you guys have that 
you know, when you've got your full squad assembled, you know, that record speaks for itself. And it doesn't matter whether you might end up in a play-in or you might be on the road against someone. doesn't matter. You know that when your squad's healthy, uh, your starting five is as good as any. But also the trickle-down and the flow-on effect is that the guys who come off the bench can be more comfortable in their roles as well. Yeah, look, I definitely agree. I think we all know that as well. When we're healthy and everyone's fit and and playing in a good rhythm, we're very dangerous. Um, So we just got to continue that momentum, though. We've got to stay on it and we've got to stay, you know, resilient and making sure that we're doing all that we can for each other every single night and and making sure that we're doing everything we can to stay healthy because if we don't, then we know it's going to be pushing a battle uphill against some of these incredible teams in the NBL this year. But, um, yeah, look, I think we're, we're on the right path and we're getting healthy at the right time. We're speaking to uh, South East Melbourne Phoenix superstar Mitch Creek. Uh, Mitch, you've got a, a big weekend in terms of, uh, you know, that Sunday uh, game against the Wildcats. Perth play the Kings uh, tomorrow night. Then they jump on a plane. So they've, they've got a busy schedule as well. But, you know, again, in the context of the season and where everyone sits, uh, Sunday's game against the Wildcats is massive. So you'll need the uh, entire Phoenix faithful on hand. Yeah, look, it doesn't get any easier. You know, you go and play an informed Perth who's done an amazing job with uh, Coach really over there and, you know, the Webster brothers are all in there now and you've got, you know, MVP Boomer Bryce just kind of doing his yep. thing every night and, you know, Thomas and Manic and, and all the guys that are coming off the bench and playing huge roles for them as well. So we know it's going to be a test. We know that, you know, we're coming off a, a short turnaround week as they are, uh, as every team is now for the next 10 days until the season finishes. So, Look, we're ready. We, we know we're going to go in tomorrow and watch a bit of review from Tassie. Probably feel good about ourselves for about five minutes and then <laughs> Simon's going to smack us over the back of the head and say, all right, pull your head in now, boys. We, uh, we've got to focus on on a championship, you know, Perth Wildcats. So, yeah, look, we're ready for whoever gets thrown at us and whatever they try and do. But, yeah, we've got to enjoy the process along the way and, and enjoy the battles we have with them. just want to ask you a couple of questions in, you know, more general stuff that's been happening uh, around the league, we saw the league move away or announce the fact that they're going to move away from from their traditional Rookie of the Year award and and give out a Next Generation award for the best player under twenty five. What what are your views on that? Uh, I mean, you know, if, if the league's got an idea, I think what they've done generally in the past is kind of build on great ideas. And um, although people don't always see the um, you know, the, the picture beyond the, the picture, you know, we all go and, oh, that's a bit different, that's a bit weird. But I think you've got to support what they've been doing. I think Larry and the team and everyone at the NBL has done an incredible job at um, reinvigorating this league and making it something very special. And I think, you know, this is just another step in, in a direction that not all people agree with right now is the right direction. But at the same time, um, you know, I think in time, everyone's going to see that it's great. It's a great initiative. And I think it gives guys a chance to really, um, you know, play into a role and, and, and work towards, you know, maybe a personal goal of, of being nominated for such an award. So um, it's exciting uh, for all the people that are, uh, you know, eligible for that. i just also interested, uh, uh, Adam Cooney and I, speaking with Corey Homicide-Williams yesterday, spoke about the fact that, you know, the league's been looking at some expansion. Darwin's been thrown up. Uh, you know, Paddy Mills hasn't been playing much in Brooklyn. He's not getting any younger. Uh, you know, you've been around Paddy with the Boomers and those types of things. How how amazing would it be for for you know? I know we're sort of forecasting a fair bit for 
for someone like Paddy Mills to come back and maybe head up a Darwin franchise or do what an Andrew Bogut did and take some ownership in a, in a franchise as well? What, what what would that mean for the NBL? Because the league has really established itself. It's grown. There's still challenges with Illawarra and Brisbane. But if, if a Paddy Mills or a Joe Ingalls was to come back, it just continues to to sort of uh, show that, 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 that next uh, group of young guys that you can, you can do what these guys have done and then you can come back and give back to the sport. Yeah, I, I think, you know, those names are so prestigious in the, in the world of basketball, not just in Australia. So whatever league they ever choose to, to move to, play in or, or transition into later in their careers, whether that's now or in five years or in 10 years after a few more championships for both of them, I think, um, you know, we all hope that they do come back to Australia. Um, it's great for the, for the next generation of, of talented young men and women, boys and girls of all ages that, that are now coming in and saying, you know what, it doesn't matter who we are or where we come from, we actually do have a chance to play at this level because, hey, look at Paddy Mills. Hey, this is my, my, my culture or my background. You know, this is what I want to achieve because he's now done it. Um, that's what's most important, I think. And if we can continue to inspire those that are coming through and, and watching us, then that's, that's half our job you know, right there. Uh, I think you obviously play to, to win and, and championships is very important, but also leaving an impact that others deem worthy to walk is, is also something that's very important. And I think those guys have encapsulated and done an amazing job of giving back to uh, Australian basketball and um, families and, and fanatics worldwide. But um, yeah, look, to have them back is, is an absolute dream. Um, to have them in a capacity like Bogues and, you know, use that to, uh, to help their platforms of business and, and life after sport. I think it's a win-win for all, all parties involved. Indeed it is, and hopefully we can see a, a Paddy Mills or a, or a Joe Ingalls back in the NBL at some stage across the next couple of years. Uh, one last one for you, Mitch, before I let you go. And uh, you, you were telling me before you jumped on, you're, you're working on a on a little Chevy truck or a big Chevy truck. So we'll get, let you get back okay. to that. Uh, you're a unique man with unique skills. Uh, who's the best team you face this year? Now, don't, don't give me the Sydney Kings because they're on top. Who is the best team you faced in terms of on, on, you know, you happen to be playing and on their night, you know what it's like, you're just in the zone and you thought to yourself, geez, these dudes are pretty good. Who is there a team or a game you can remember from this year where you just thought, geez, we just, no matter what we do, we can't handle these guys? Um, I, look, I think all teams have the capacity to play that way. I think Brisbane the other night were one of those teams that just made huge plays down the stretch, 28 points in the last four seconds of a shot clock is absolutely unheard of. Some of those possessions were incredibly well defended by the entire team, um, super unlucky in moments, but also some things you could control. But I think that Brisbane game was probably the standout for us where you go, holy shit, these guys have got so much talent, so much potential. Um, it's a shame that they haven't been able to really gel and make it work, I guess, this season so far. But I guess the good thing is for them is they've got a few games left. They can really use the win against us to, to help hopefully build um, you know, a pathway for next year that the guys come into a program and say, okay, it wasn't, you know, the season we wanted. But this is where we got to, and this is the ability we have within us. And I think, you know, I, I think start of the year, they were one of the most dangerous teams on paper mm. um, when you when you throw around some of the names. But unfortunately for them, I don't think they've been able to gel the right way and make it work. Um, but hey, look, you know, they're, they're an incredible team. You know, you can never take them lightly. You can't take any team lightly. Um, otherwise, you're going to get absolutely white. So, um, yeah, look, Special to play a part of, of those kind of games. I'm happy that they, they got the win. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off that we lost that game because it obviously puts us in a very difficult position right now. Uh, it would have been great to have another win and get on a few more wins than the rest of this pack and, and sit up near that top of the ladder. But we just got to take it as we can, mate, and 
um, you know, keep moving forward and focus on Sunday against Perth. Indeed, one game at a time. Uh, your last game was sensational, both personally and as a team taking care of Tasmania, the jack jumpers down there in Launceston. Mitch Creek, you're a superstar. You've got uh, bigger and better things to come throughout the end of the season, and we'll chat again soon. Thanks, mate. Appreciate your time, legend. Mitch Creek, our guest from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, one of the superstars of the NBL. Uh, absolutely no doubt about it.